It would be a good gig, the Hallmark card rider. I think you would think. I think it would destroy your soul, though, if, because you you're thinking about it as if like you're you can fuck with people, but writing writing just. May I mean, the imagine happiest being... memories of life twinkle through the radiant evening. Okay, write me a card for. Okay, I've just lost my wife. Oh boy, that's Is shit. It... A <laughs> question mark. Jeez, <laughs> I don't know what to say here. Dot dot dot. Um, how about a beer? And that's just, that's in a nice, like, elegant cursive. And then there's just a big space underneath for you to, like, and and they don't even expect you to fill in any sort of personal moment. It just says, signed, and then there's a large space where you can put your name underneath it, and then just tick at the box and done. That's, That's as close to emotion as I can offer you. That's fantastic, though. Oh, boy. Plus, he gets a beer at some point. Oh, man. (laughs) <laughs> that's not, oh, this is, this that's is rough. Buy-in. This is buy-in. Honestly, honestly, I think yeah. that's quite a good card. I mean, what yeah. kind of card are you going to like actually feel something with in that kind of situation? It's just yeah, going to be some ridiculous like bullshit where it's like, oh, many condolences. And you're like, you've got no fucking idea what how many? this actually means. Exactly how yeah. many? I'm giving you six condolences. Um, <laughs> you can exchange but if it was just something, Colesmeyer. Yeah, if someone gave a card which was like, "Fuck," just like "fuck," shit, <laughs> shit, yeah, fuck. It, I don't. Oh matched, god, shit. Your, a card that matches shit. Your, your uh, love, your shock Nick. at the at the situation yeah. as well. I think like, that would go down that, well. Yeah, that's support. Right? We should start a greeting card company rather than. This is not the first time we've had this idea. Um, I know. But every good idea you have twice, that's how you know it's good, because it keeps coming <laughs> yeah. back. True. Um, yeah, that, I mean, that, that is support when, you know, when, when you're going through a hard time and then Hallmark's kind of calm and collected and rising above the situation and saying, you'll get through this. It's like, fuck off. No, freak out with me, please, Hallmark. Yeah. Come down to my level for once, you snobby bitch. You pompous pricks. Don't. Yeah. Good. What? Good job. Good job. Thanks. Thought you were going to Sam B on me there. Oh, yeah. That's a fucking kerfuffle. Why'd she apologize? I feel like TBS twisted her arm. Yeah, well, she shouldn't have. Yeah, but they're the ones that broadcast her show. It's probably thinking about more than just herself. If they canned the show or something, then all of a sudden all of her staff get fired. <laughs> I mean, I do. I mean, there was a, there was a, it is interesting. I was thinking about this today. I was thinking about Kathy Griffin, right? Uh, Kat, you know, when she posted that photo of Donald Trump's like severed head or whatever. Yeah. She got into a lot of shit, but a lot of liberals stood up for her there. Man. Now, I'm I'm advocating for across the board that everyone should be able to do whatever they want. I mean, you deal with the consequences, but what, yeah, I didn't. I don't feel like I feel like there's outrage from the left a lot of the time, um, and then when like Sam B calls Ivanka a cunt, or um, yeah, Kathy Griffin. Poses a picture with a severed head of Donald Trump. 
they're like, now hang on, like this is fine, this is fine, but then, you know, when it happens to something on their side, they're kind of like, yeah, they're the first ones to be outraged, you know. Are you talking about the conservatives being yeah. outraged? I'm talking about yeah. the, no the left. Oh, the left being outraged. Yeah, because I think I think the conservatives are kind of well, you know, outrage. The culture of outrage at the moment is absurd. Anyway, but I just find it yeah. funny that the liberals kind of uh, they they they're the most sensitive ones. But then when they do kind of shit, it just so happens that a lot of the comedians and provocateurs are on uh, on the left anyway. Yeah, but I suppose their argument, and this is kind of getting into the Roseanne thing of it as well, is you that didn't want to talk about it, did you? Oh, I just I, I'm not. I don't want to not talk. I don't not want to talk about Roseanne. It's just I feel like uh, that's all anyone's been talking about. It's really dull. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the the I think the argument that the left often makes for the, for those kind of instances is when it's direct that. It's a it's a question of who it's directed at, um, like the uh, Michelle Wolf joke about her smoky eye shadow was not a joke at a woman's appearance. It was a joke about her lying. Well, right? that was clearly that it was a joke at, at power. Yeah, conservatives were trying to jump on that, but like, hey, you you're uh, you're saying shit about women. Yeah. It's just like it's the joke wasn't about women. Yeah, and I think that's that's the point as well that. You know, Samantha B was used it in the context of talking about the woman's hypocrisy in and obliviousness as to her father's treatment of like abandoning <laughs> kids and ripping them away from their families and things. Yeah. Um, so it was like quote unquote truth to power, even if that's a vulgar um, expression. No, it's pu- it's punching I, up rather than punching down. It's that's punching up rather yeah. than punching down. Exactly, and I think that's all. I think that's when the left gets outraged. It's because it's a punching down situation. I guess because the, they get outraged that the minority's been shit on again or something like that. That's an interesting point because I guess the left try and represent, I guess, the working class and uh, you know the the ninety nine percent more than the conservatives. So just it just so happens by virtue of that fact that the left will always be punching up and the right will usually be punching down. Yeah. Unless it's like one of those weird situations where the left has like someone on the left has done something properly shit or dumb and then they'll go to town. Like if well, originally someone like um, Louis CK was like on the left and a liberal and seen as a feminist and all this kind of stuff, but then he fucked up. And so it's like, cool, open slathered. Now everyone can, you know, yeah. give him, appropriate amounts of shit for the terrible things he did. Did you just, just briefly on Roseanne, um, did you yeah. see Ambien's, uh, tweet back? <laughs> yeah. How amazing yeah. was that? Do you want to, do you want to, um, recap it for anyone who didn't see? Uh, so yeah. So I think she, so when this whole shit went down, she said she was on Ambien, uh, which is a drug that I think makes you, helps you fall asleep. Um, yeah. Not necessarily addictive, but people do get addicted to the to being able to fall asleep very quickly, and it does kind of make. I did read up on it later, and it does. People have done some weird shit on it, but um, the thing that uh, so Roseanne tweeted uh, saying she she it, she didn't know what she was doing, and she was on Ambien, 
And then Ambien tweeted back, uh, racism is not a side effect of our of our product. <laughs> our medications. Amazing. Yeah. The, the, the thing I loved about that... It's been that such a weird... You'd think um, from... Am- Ambien's PR department, they're not necessarily, I mean, this is, they're not in the game of witty comebacks. I mean, they're not, that you wouldn't imagine that they're, they're always like ready to go. And then all of a yeah. sudden they're just brought in out of nowhere. And then they've got someone on there that's just been like, all right, let's, let's do this. And that's a Bang. fucking witty, beautiful, beautiful piece of writing. Uh, I thought yeah. it was amazing, given the fact that it's they so shouldn't weird, have practice. Did you it. see, yeah, did you see the little collection of, other tweets. Someone, uh, someone collected four of those brand tweets over the past year, saying like it's been a weird year for brands. And one of them was like Skittles being like Skittles doesn't cause racism. And then one of them was the tiki torches being like tiki torches have always been a sign of inclusivity and are not associated with the white power movement. And like Ambien coming out yeah. with its like response. And there's like this collection of all of these brands that have been dragged into the muck because of like alt-right usage right. and forced to like stake out the ground and be like skittles is for everybody and it's, a, <laughs> it's, it's just a, it's a weird so world weird. it's a weird world that we're living in when corporations are, are leading the charge for you know equality and you know anti-race and <laughs> yeah. it is funny though like seeing the way that brands have had to evolve in this era and to become sort of self-aware in that way, because there's a lot of official brands tweet like Twitter pages and Facebook profiles out there, which are fucking just trolling. They're just literally staff, but their social media strategy is to shit post and to just like shit on their customers or get into fights with their competitors, do all kinds of ridiculous, terrible posts, make memes and all this kind of thing. And that's their valid brand strategy because when it's funny or when someone sees that and goes, hey, Ambien just did a joke and it gets retweeted, all of a sudden Ambien is trending on Twitter and everyone's talking about Ambien and they've just had, you know, literal financial benefit from the word of mouth. Uh, How does that... I don't disagree with you, but like, how does how does that for a product that needs you need a script for? How does that actually translate? Like, are people going into the doctors after hearing this and like, oh, so tell me about this ambient I've been hearing so much about on Twitter? <laughs> yeah, I've I've been looking on the internet and people are talking about an ambient. Do you have ambient? <laughs> yeah. Um, I I was sure. I would assume that there's probably two ways that it comes into play. One is in the doctor's office, either they ask for it or the doctors themselves think about it and then they might be prescribing it more readily. And then Mm -hmm. secondly, when you go to a pharmacist and you go up to the counter with your script and they say, do you want a generic or do you want the Ambien? Then people are probably more likely to go, oh, no, I'll stick stick with the brand. I wonder if in a couple of years we'll see, you know, ads on up in Times Square, and it'll be like, diversity brought to you by (laughs) Coca-Cola. That's already what their ads are. Coca-Cola ads are literally, like, it's it's like handsome models strolling down the street and, like, women jumping off diving boards into the ocean, and then they all just, like, wipe their brow and, like, their six-pack and they have a sip of Coke. And the ad is literally, Coke, you could fuck these people. That's yeah. that's what it is, you know. It they're already like 
pitch themselves to every demographic by including every like race, gender well, in all Pepsi of their ads. Did, there was the Kardashian one. Wasn't that vaguely politically motivated? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, it's like we can stop race rights by handing them a Pepsi. Um, Look, it's actually going that way. Oh, my God, I was joking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, we can only hope that the answer is as simple as everyone gets a Pepsi. Jesus Christ, there'll be like, yeah, uh, 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 pro-choice things, you know. We're pro-choice yeah. Skittles. <laughs> M&M's. <laughs> Jesus. Kick oh, man. Have a break. Have an abortion. The <laughs> actually kind of got a ring to it i'm not gonna lie about that one <laughs> if i was on the board i'd consider that one. Oh, welcome to deep forward everybody gosh it's been a little while it feels like it's been a while for me maybe it hasn't for you but, missed you um, nick missed you i six out of ten missed you um take it this <laughs> this is a podcast we talk about the realities of the world through the lens of two guys two straight this white males is- Two straight white males, just super white, super straight. Uh, seen through the internet with me tonight, Michael Zabrecki. Say hi, Michael. Bon appetit. And sitting here, it's Nick. Hi, Nick. Hi, bon hi, appetit. Nick. How are you? Hi, Nick. Hi, Nick. Hi, Nick. Uh, what are we talking about today, buddy? I wanted to talk a little bit about the seven deadly sins. Maybe, but I didn't know what in what kind of, you know, how to kind of frame it into a discussionable topic. You, you just want to go through the sins and, and have a chat about whether whether they should be sins or not? Yeah, it sounds kind of lame when you say it like that, doesn't it? No, not necessarily. All right, we've, let's start with this. Worse. Can you name okay. them off the top of your head? Can I name the seven deadly sins? Do you uh, have, I'll give do you, you a clue. Like, I'll give you a clue. No, no, no. Don't, don't give me a clue. But there's a do you seven know them? Like, okay. <laughs> well, that narrows it down. I had so many sins floating around. It's just <laughs> nice to know I can like I can target a number now. Yeah. Um, will you know them if I say them? Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, sloth. That's an animal. Is okay. Are you gonna gonna ding me each time? Or right. do I need to name all seven all right. and tell me if no. I got them right? I'll ding you. Okay. Sloth. Ding. Gluttony. That means yes. Ding. Oh, it's slightly lower ding on that one. It's going to be a chromatic wait, scale. What, what you win, what you win is, what you win is the, you unlock a melody. <laughs> <laughs> wow, this is exciting. Sloth, gluttony. Yep. Oh, I was hoping you'd do the two dings back to back. Um, I've already forgotten. Uh, lust. Correct. Uh, murder. How is that? I don't know. Avarice? Or envy? That's the same thing as avarice. Oh, is it? Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Oh, avarice, actually. I'm just thinking of the, um, the Magnum flavors mm. from the Seven Deadly Sins <laughs> range. <laughs> you actually are, aren't you? I, I think that was the peanut butter one. Um... <laughs> <laughs> One of them's going to be peanut butter. Yeah, no, actually peanut butter. So we got last, sloth, gluttony, last vanilla, co- cookies and cream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, sloth, gluttony, lust, envy, pride. Yep. Uh, two more. That's not murder. 
Um, <sighs> anger or hatred or something like that. Mm, along those lines. Rage. Uh, fury. Ire. Uh, yeah, you're very close. No, nah, give me that one. What's that one? Wrath. 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 And I don't know what number seven is. Greed. Maybe like not replacing the toilet paper roll. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of greed in a way. (laughs) That's so good. Um, So I got all seven, seven sins. Yeah, right off the bat. Right off the bat. Got it all ten. All, all 10 out of 10 for that 7. Um, now, they they are biblical. Yeah. Right? Wait, did you ask me? I yeah, I asked are. you. It yeah. Wasn't it on a slate? No, them's the commandments. Where no, did the were... sins come around? Was that in the garden? Uh, I've got it up, actually. Uh, they're cardinal sins. So, actually, masturbation is one of the cardinal sins, I think, as well. Don't touch yourself. It's, it's not like That's technically... part of lust, though, isn't it? Well, yeah, definitely. But uh, cardinal sins is the larger bracket of sinning. Under, so it's less than the... It's They're not as important as the Ten Commandments, but there's still like kind of other, other shit that you shouldn't do according to God. Okay, sorry, I'm confused. Can not you in the paint Bible. the hierarchy? Start at the top and work your way down. What's the top? All right. It's, it's going to be a short list, Nick. Ten Commandments, cardinal sins. Yeah, but what are the, what are the seven deadly sins? Is that the cardinal sins? Cardinal sins or That's capital what vices, whatever they are. Yeah, but yeah, but the seven deadly sins aren't. Well, masturbation is not part of the seven deadly sins, is it? No, I just said it's part of the cardinal sins. Yeah, and so what's the difference between the cardinal sins oh. and the seven deadly sins? The seven deadly sins fall under the bracket of car- a cardinal sin. Okay, so there's right. three tiers: ten commandments, cardinal sins, seven deadly sins. Seven deadly sins is not part of one of the tiers. Not a tier. So it's, it's on just, the same level as the cardinal sins. It's just a thing. There's a book of cardinal canon canon law. Uh, so where did it come from? Uh, probably, it, where did anything come from? Someone's brain. I'm going to try and find the origin. Or Greco-Roman. They're thinking. Fourth century. Uh, so it's Greek. How about that? Bloody everything's Greece. Greek these days. Uh, so they, it was official in, uh, five, 590 AD. Oh, that's Became pretty early. A, yeah. Um, so should we work our way through a little bit of these in, in a bit? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you just yawned. I did so, yawn. I just internally sighed. So, uh, lust is, I'll just give a brief description of these and then you can i mean okay well maybe we should ask one question first uh-huh should do you think all of them are are they is it a relevant com- concept today that's a good question uh i think there is some relevance these days in it's the pretty sense hard to still, disagree with any of them yeah exactly they're still fundamental expectations of our culture but I don't think they have. I think I think they're true, even independent of a biblical context. 
So I think like the idea of them as the seven deadly sins doesn't hold necessarily more weight today than perhaps it would have 300 years ago no. where the, the sense of a religiosity behind it added more weight to it. Um, but I think they're still like understood, but at the same time, I think there are also, we have a better biological sense of what those impulses are and how evolutionarily they probably came about and had some sort of benefit, even if that was an individualistic mm-hmm. one versus a yeah. society one. Well, I mean, that's, I guess that's the interesting thing about them is that they all serve a purpose and they all can, if abused, they uh, lead to, you know, bad things happening in your life, I guess. Actually, now that I think about it, isn't it all, aren't all of them literally just expressions of Darwinism? Greed, eat as much as you can so that you live. Lust, fuck as much as you can so your genes exist. Wrath, you know, fight off any competitors. You know, it, it, they're all kind of basic ex, like statements of our animal brain. Animalistic right? self, yeah. Well, um, I actually read somewhere. Uh, I was just looking something up just before I got came on this, and it did mention something about animals. Um, let me just. I mean, find even it. pride. Pride is kind of an abstract one, but the sense of like selling yourself or believing in yourself or like being proud of that stuff. I can almost see how that is a kind of dominance trait or, you know, like in a, in a competitive sexual landscape, the, the person who's able to sell themselves or, or whatever kind of is the more appealing. I would say though, that pride is probably the, uh, I mean, do, do you think animals have pride? No, because I don't think they have a sense of em- self in that same way. Okay, then do they have embarrassment? No. Well, actually, some apes and stuff might have. Yeah, that's what I was I'm thinking. I'm not sure. I, I don't know that. Well, surely laughter evolved as some yeah. means of embarrassing, you know, an individual. Yeah, and you certainly have sense, I mean... You have sense of defeat as well. Like if there is ever like a strength contest or something like that and the loser scuttles away with its tail between its legs, you know, that's embarrassment of a sense, even if it's not consciously recognised as such. It's Well, especially it's especially in social, social creatures. So, um, you know, dogs, apes, where uh, <clears throat> cats, where... where um, where the social hierarchy is very important. I was listening to someone, I can't remember the other day, they were talking about their dogs and they bought, I think it was, uh, it doesn't matter, uh, but they were talking about their dogs and they said that um, they had one dog that was clearly the dominant dog and they had one littler dog and every time they fed the dogs, the big one would go through, so they'd go through a door every time they said, food's ready, (laughs) Dinner's <laughs> ready. It's not how it happened, but the 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 big dog would go through first. So sometimes they would try to hold back the big dog and let yeah. the little one through first. But uh-huh. the but the little one was so aware of the the social social order. social order that it would hold back regardless. 
And huh. so, like, it's, like, kind of funny how we try and, like, all right, well, literally the underdog, uh, try and, like, mess with the the dog's social order. But at the end of the day, it's very important to them, and maybe we shouldn't mess with that. It's pretty funny how... I mean, I think, yeah, yeah so I think pride, pride, maybe not... It's a sophisticated emotion, yeah. but... Um, I think it does exist on some level in other animals where social, where, where you know, um, the social, yeah, social hierarchy and, and stuff, kind of is, stuff is is a big, big factor. Yeah, it's cut. Yeah, but I do I do like the idea that you what you've said is like that they, I mean they they're shown as biblical kind of uh, the seven deadly sins is shown as a biblical kind of work, but they're really just expression. Like if you tr- if you if you really draw it back to it's just it's just about you know separating ourselves and from the animals and kind of reining in and taking control over our temptations and taking control over our animalistic mm. selves. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, it's it's uh it's not surprising in a way that it's it was powerful you know it 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 you can understand how those kind of uh appeals to sophistication kind of latch into a society or into a moral code or something like that where if you're like you have to leave behind all these like crass animal things and and become better and rigid and and you know uh intellectual um but at the same time, it, it, as you say about the dogs, it's kind of an impossible thing to fight because everyone in every part, you know, at some point in their lives will experience all of those impulses. And in fact, you might need them for whatever problem or challenge you have to face. Like it's it's kind of one of those classic... <laughs> uh, you picture the like early Catholic church making these like broad pronouncements about how society should be with absolutely no real <laughs> leeway to it, despite the fact that it's completely unrealistic. Do you ever think of yourself or other people as animals? Uh, no, but to be fair, I regularly think of animals as people. So I'm kind of a generalist. Yeah. I feel like that I often, um, it helps me understand, I I think I use it as a way to understand people, and I often, um, especially when something significant happens or someone does something that um, makes an impact on how I see them, even if it's just slightly, I think my brain automatically just like tries to think about it like i mean even if i were i drove driving driving past the driving past the city today and i'm thinking like we look at if you look at like the a, a city skyline and you look at people coming in and out of work in suits and you've got accountants and you've got bankers and all different types of jobs it's easy it's 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 uh it's easy and it's um it becomes second nature to just 
think of it like that, like, oh, that's an accountant. But that's an accountant who handles money, which is a currency that people use to exchange things between each other, which if you keep tracing that back is just, I mean, we've got buildings and shit and it's all very impressive and I'm very impressed by everything and that's a nice suit. But (laughs) it is essentially just uh, an extension of our primal needs and our primal desires and that's all it is as in Uh, and his job is still about managing the thing which helps people feed themselves and clothe themselves and sleep and that kind of thing. yeah well sure yeah and the same goes like you know if you think about like maybe journalists journalists if we if you if you if you divide it by its square root and get back to just a campfire thing journalists in caveman times would be the ones that you know, told what happened amongst the tribe, relayed the information the best of what happened. You know, storytellers. Yeah. Mm, um, and also, I suppose, educators in a way as well. There's a, there's a there a combination of like tutor, teacher, wise person, storyteller, right. ancestry kind of person. Because there is that it, aspect of journalism, which is the. Uh, it's kind of like a warning or it's like a, this person did a bad thing. So know this about this person or bad but accident exa- happened at the fire around the corner or, you know, but that's exactly that's at, at its root. That's what it is. And I think it's interesting to go back to you, you could, obviously civilization has become more sophisticated, but it's very interesting to go back to the root of every profession and you can do it with absolutely everything and work out what, what just work it out to like, as if we're just cavemen and we're in a tribe and we're sitting around a campfire, what is your role? It's, I, I mean, I but there are certain things which are harder to do that for. Like what is a theoretical physicist's like equivalent? Well, um, someone who, who only ever thinks about equations and, and things with no real world practicality. Yes. But that, that is, that is a detailed, a more sophisticated version of, um, Someone who knows how I don't know um, rocks fall or something like that. An extrapolation of a scientist or something like that. Yes, but I mean, a, sci- a scientist is. In the I mean, sense I'm of not. Like, I, I'm obviously studies I'm saying, the natural world. Obviously, I know that that these are way more detailed. Of course, oh, yeah. what I'm saying it's just like it's interesting to you to can draw trace back the and lineage. Yeah, you tra- trace the lineage back to something that's very simple, and it's. In, I find it. I find I can have more compassion and more empathy for people when I actually do that and actually see them as just that we are just sophisticated apes. Yeah, stranger animals. Yeah. Um. Okay, so here's a question, just out of intellectual curiosity: Can we think of some kind of profession or something which has none of that lineage? Is there something um, that's truly removed from? any kind of equivalency back then well i was going to say pr but then no but then you could do that with pr pr is just kind of connected to the idea of pride and selling yourself and but then what would it be if you trace it back it would be someone who's representing you in the same way i guess that a lawyer does someone that's sticking up for you um i don't know (laughs) social media manager but you could do it you could even do it with that you could even do it with that 
Comedian's yeah, I, a funny one. I guess it, it just speaks to the the reality that the desires of humans haven't changed that much. I Yeah, I mean, that, that's it. I think there's honestly nothing that you couldn't do it for. There's no kind of... I mean, you can get... There's ones that are more further removed. What about someone like a social media person where... Oh, I suppose it's just validation of a different kind. I was going to say like a, a content creator who's doing it for likes, but I suppose that's just literally like approval of the tribe. It's yeah, it's it's still it's still a form of of mm. something there. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I, if anyone out there is screaming at us, thinking, "Yeah, but what about?" Flick us a message. I'd be curious to see. Can you think of a current job, career, or or anything like that which? has no connection to the animalistic sides of our nature in some way. What about podcasters? <laughs> it's certainly pointless. I'll give you that. Um, storytellers. Um, yeah, it's interesting. So uh, go through those um, sins for me again. Um, so, so I was just looking at a National Geographic thing, but it wasn't very fruitful. Um, uh, Sloth, uh, gluttony, wrath, uh, greed, p- greed, pride, envy, envy. All right, quick fire round, Nick. Yeah. Are you lustful in your life? Yeah. Are you gluttonous? I mean, it's going to be a yes to all of them, really. Is it? Well, I don't know, actually. Okay, am I gluttonous? Okay, no, okay, I'm probably, okay. I'm probably I, I'm not, not gluttonous. Saying... I think, well, obviously all of these things, but on the whole, yeah. lustful. Yeah. Yeah. You're on Tinder. Gluttonous. <laughs> yes. Uh, gluttonous. I don't know. So what's the definition of gluttonous? Is it literally just food? Gluttonous or is, is it kind an of overindulgence like... or an um, overconsumption of anything to no. the point of waste? No, I'm not gluttonous. Mm, not really. I can see a Doritos packet. Scrunched up right next to you, mate. <laughs> hey, uh, the, everything that's on camera in these podcasts is off limits, dude. Have you have you have you tried tried to cool, the Cool Ranch flavor that they've got there? No. You know what I'm quite angry about. You're quite angry. I hope this is related to the last sentence. Otherwise, it's going to be major whiplash. It is. Uh, it is actually very vaguely related to the last sentence. Um, I I I'm I'm angry at the world that you know you know the you know the flavor ranch. You know, it's not something that anyone thinks about here. It's a great flavor. You can get it at Subway, sure. But it's a very Americanized flavor. They're like, uh, can I get some ranch sauce on my fucking meatball sub? Like, that is something that I want. I know that I want it, and I can't get it here. You must I'm be able angry. to get ranch dressing in a, um, in a like, I'm, sauces I'm, aisle. Only at Subway. Oh, you can, but it's as a salad one. dressing. I checked. As a salad dressing. Wait, what do you want it as? I want it as like a, just a, oh man, like so a I just love sauce. sauce. I love sauce. I just want to put it on, I just Hope want no one takes it. that out of context. Put um, it on beans. On beans? Yeah. I don't think I, a lot of beans what is the taste of ranch dressing? Not sure. Garlic and mayonnaise. So it's just like an aioli. I don't, I think Michelle Wallace ruined aioli for me, to be honest. <laughs> as she did many things. Um, um, can I just get it with some of the A sauce, please? 
Is that what she called it? A source. She called it A source because she couldn't remember. Because to be to be fair, there's a lot of vowels and a short word there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hope Jude laughed at that one. She'd enjoy that. Um, just just to clarify, that's the that is the uh, the head of Wallace Cinemas that we were talking about. Yes, in Adelaide. Say or probably spell Aoli. Um, gosh, yes, uh, gluttony. I think that's a no. I don't, I'm not hugely gluttony person. If I yeah. eat lots, I probably eat it all. I don't waste it. Greedy? I don't think I am too greedy. No. You don't have enough friends to be greedy. That's very true. Sloth? No, yeah, something. So I'm I said a little sloppy. bit slothy. I'm a little Is it sloppy. I think there's half. The... There's half sloth of me. Wait, what's like, the? Uh, I didn't leave the house the... today. Oh, but you, oh, maybe. That's a little slothy. But, I mean, at the I same mean, time. I think that hoodie's a bit slothy, to be honest. But... So that you win some, you lose some. When I see, when I see uh, someone in a hoodie, I think, mm, this is a bit of a lazy person. <laughs> That's so fucking racist. I can't believe you said that. It's racist that you said that. What I said was not racist. <laughs> That's homophobic. Um, wrath. Uh, not really. But Bullshit. I do have a grudge. Bullshit. When I'm late, I feel your wrath all the time. Yeah, that's because it's fucking every week. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. there's some moments where I get annoyed, but I'm at relatively level. I feel like I can keep... I, I'm not scared of your wrath. It's not much of a wrath. It's just a bit... If you keep calling it wrath instead of wrath, you'll feel my wrath. Is it actually wrath? Yeah, if you're a Australian or British or speak it properly. It's only if you're American that you say wrath. Well, I just told you I identify with ranch. It's so. ranch. It's ranch. <laughs> ranchy. That's where it actually comes from. That's where it comes from. Yeah, that's why yeah. it's white. Envy, or um, what was the other word you said? Avarice. Pretentious envy. Yeah, avarice. Yeah. Pretentious envy. Yeah, the pretentious um, man's jealousy. Sometimes, but more. What was the last like thing? A... What was the last thing you got really envious of? Go on. Be honest as well. I don't know. Uh, probably when my dad went to fucking Radiohead. <laughs> that, that was. That's, that's surely not true envy, though. Yeah, it is. How's that not true no. envy? Okay, that's jealousy. Like, oh, I wish I was there. That's not like. That's not like you feel it. It's not like when yeah, your friend is. gets a job that you wanted, and you're like, oh fuck. Like it's. I think envy is deep seated. It's not superficial. Yeah, no... Like, it's superficial. I, w- I don't think that. I'm sure there's levels to it, but like I don't how, think that that's. Maybe I'm underestimating how much you actually love I Radiohead. Really wanted to fuck. He left that concert and he was like, "It was the greatest night of my life." I would have. I would have felt envy if you went with your dad. I would. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah, but that's man. just because you like hang out with my dad. Yeah, it could have I mean, been anywhere. It could have been anywhere. <laughs> oh, Nick went. Nick went out with his dad to the park. Oh, oh fuck! Oh, oh, the park God. Next time. I'll just walk <laughs> 10 metres behind them. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously I have like, envy when, you know, someone gets a job that I don't get or something. But unless it's literally something happened that's to someone close to me that I know, and then it's kind of abstract. Like, I, I'm not envious of the anonymous person who got the job that I didn't get. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but that's you have to... The- 
It's kind of the point, though, isn't it? Like yeah, you, but see, you that's my point. I, yeah, but that's my point. I'm better than everyone I know, so it's very wow. rare for me to be envious of anyone else's life. That actually leads me very well onto the next one, which is pride, Nick. Prideful all the time. I mean, when you look like Prideful. this, it just comes with the territory. Yeah, I'm wearing a hoodie just for the just for note. Good, good times. Congrats yeah, yeah, on yeah, reaching yeah. June, by the way. What the fuck? <laughs> the only way that sentence makes sense is if you put out a hit on me. <laughs> and uh, your hit, man. Oh, by the way, have you, have you been watching Barry? Yeah, good show. Good show. Was have that... you finished it? I think so. Is it eight episodes? I think, yeah. Like, yeah probably. Eight episodes, yeah. That seventh yeah. one was real good um, mm. with the car. The one where they get shot, yeah. 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 Yeah, I've um, been listening to it. He's been doing the Bill Hader's been doing the podcast circuit, and I have a new new respect for that man. Like, he's, yeah, I, I think reckon... his direct he directed those episodes, and they're really fucking good. And really? his drama stuff is like when he needs to pull it out, he's very good on sure. that show. He's um, been talking a lot about on podcasts about his um, wanting to negotiate uh, the level of violence with HBO, and him his talks about. Um, how H- he was worried that HBO were going to were wanting wanting probably wanting to uh, kind of play up the violence and make it a bit more comedic and they and he was like no look for for this for this show the tone it needs to be funny where it needs to be funny but it needs to be very um, in your face and kind of gory when it also needs to be an HBO but like yeah fuck yeah we're on the same like just the way he talked about HBO actually the way I've ever heard anyone talk about any dealings that they've had with HBO. It sounds like HBO are the greatest. Like yeah. they're just like all about their. They put all their faith in their content creators, and they're like, "We'll pay for it. You do your own thing. Just like mm. you know, be happy." But with the, the development process, though. I mean, as much as it, as it is, we want to help you deliver your vision. The um, development process for shows is famously long. This Barry thing. What um, do you mean? I'm about to tell you this Barry um, project was started in 2013 and it's just airing now so they spent five years getting the idea together making sure it worked working out how it's going to come together slow process of writing making sure it all you know added up to something they liked film it when you get time produce it like they will spend the time and the money to get it right um Mm. over many many years which is much longer than than other networks would do it for well, they've been playing the slow game. It seemed like it seemed like at a point in time, pre Netflix, that they could have easily um, run out of or been overtaken by some of the major studios in America. Um, they were just like dedicated to like making good content. Good content. Why did I say it like that? That was weird. content. Content. <laughs> just had a bit of an orgasm, um, <laughs> and. Um, and they have, yeah, they're, they're like one of the big players now, right? Would you say that? Uh, weirdly enough, they're now less of a big player because things like Netflix and Hulu and everything are making so much. So right. on a quantity amount, like Hulu, um, HBO puts out maybe 10 shows a year and Netflix will put out 10 shows like yesterday. Yeah. Um, so in that sense, they're not like a big player anymore but in terms of prestige they're still top of the pile you know they're still very much seen as one of the 
the highest quality destinations to work for or to watch on. It might have been just that I that the older I get, the more content I could receive Appreciate in a way. It. Yeah, because yeah. they were always kind of, you know. But you're, you're absolutely right. Every time you hear them talk about it, like uh, hear a creator talk about an HBO yeah. process, they're always like, they're the best. Yeah. Now, hey, I got a bit of a um, bit of a uh, exciting new uh, segment for you. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's called Tat Chat. Tat Chat. <laughs> and okay. I couldn't help but notice you kept flexing and drinking with one arm raised. Uh, you've got a tattoo. Just came back. Don't don't Just do the back. fucking white power salute. Um, what? Is that the solar system? the solar system there's four planets yeah they're the big ones but the little ones are kind of like just dots wait i'll try and get closer can you see the, the little oh ones. yeah yeah not oh, to shit. scale not to scale not to scale no um wow yeah. so that's that happened first, today first one just came back about an hour ago for that that's excitement yeah. did it yeah. hurt um, it pinched a little bit, but um, it was it was fine. Now, how long did you think about that design? Because the reason that I'll never get a tattoo is I don't trust myself to like the idea that I land on beyond the moment that I get it. So that's that's the thing. Like, yeah. So I don't know. Obviously, that that's a consideration. But the other thing is, I don't I don't look at it like that. And that's the part, I mean, obviously I did think about it like that, but the other part of it was that I didn't, I looked at it more like a, look at it like a scar. Like I, I, if I, like the, I got a scar on my eyebrow, right? And so that was when, when my hit me, my sister, when, when she was young, uh, she hit me with a baseball bat. Now that's on my face and that everyone can see that all the time. And that's just yeah, been there. Yeah, everyone notices right? it. Yeah. And so it's kind of like. I don't, I think, you know, uh, I think that uh, marking your body, for me, I reckon, is, and I think, I can already tell that I'm going to get more, um, I think marking your body in that way is, uh, I find, a, I reckon there's a lot of satisfaction in that. So you're saying, in effect, that even if you came to not love the design, you feel like the fact that it was a memory or it represented a phase of your life or you could learn from the fact that you have changed since then or whatever it is that has some kind of significance beyond merely, oh, I wish I hadn't got that. Exactly. And I have been, I had been open to the idea of getting a tattoo since I was probably 20, but um, I I didn't obviously didn't want to regret anything. Didn't want to do anything rash. So I didn't. I never. I never decided that I was going to get a tattoo, and then was like, okay, what tattoo am I going to get? It was always like, okay, I'm open to the idea, and then when, you know, it, it, that'll just that thought process will be there, and then when I when I know, I'll know, and then um, yeah, that that design and that idea. I the, so I got uh, this. Um, version of a solar system the main reason i got that is because i you need think to remember where when, you are well you joke about that but there is a part of me that was kind of like if i get abducted by aliens 
and the, I don't know. I didn't really think this through that Not much. <laughs> but if they if they abducted me, presumably from Earth, and then they got lost on their way, <laughs> and they so forgot you're allowing, to, you're allowing for the possibility that you might be not on Earth when you get abducted. But not like, by other alien means. If you get abducted like, by one pair of aliens and then sold to another pair of aliens, <laughs> and they're just like, "Well, we want to take you I'm, home." I'm the alien sex sex market. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're like, okay, the second bunch which didn't collect me and don't speak yeah. my language. Do we have a handy itemized guide on my right arm? Even even in which case, I'm, I'm being sold in an alien sex market. Best case scenario, the People who have bought me from the first alien group yeah. ask me, hey, where is this guy originally from? Because they've lost the paperwork, even though yeah. they've <laughs> mastered time travel. And I say, oh, yeah, actually, right here. And they yeah. go, oh, thanks. So I've just saved I've saved a bit of admin for some aliens. And then they just go, so it's just, it's eight dots in a row. And you're like, yep. And you're like, yeah. right, have you looked in space? Because there's lots of fucking dots everywhere. And depending on any angle you can line up eight in a row yeah and you're like yeah i didn't think that through yeah plus i really hope i have my iphone so i can have google translate adelaide waterfall galley i like that after being abducted you're like I'm just gonna go home and see my parents <laughs> Where do you want us to drop Not like, you? oh, just drop me back at the share house. It's like, <laughs> no, nah, I need to go home and see my dad. I think I'm going to need to get back on my feet a little bit after yeah. this experience. <laughs> Can uh, you tell my boss I won't be in tomorrow? <laughs> uh, Tat yeah. chat. No, so what I was going to say is the reason why I got this is because sometimes, Nick, and this is a serious thing, sometimes... When I get worried about things, and I know I have a very, you know, kind of cavalier attitude to life, it seems like, but I think a lot of the time that's just something that I project as probably a defense, and I joke about a lot of things because it allows me to reflect back situations rather than let them in. And so when I get stressed about things and anxious and worried about things, which I do quite often, but I do it privately... It helps me to uh, think that when that actually nothing really matters, mm. and it really doesn't. Like if you break it down philosophically and existentially, nothing matters. The only thing that matters, like you know that Louis C.K. bit that he does, is um, rest in peace. Um, the, he does the thing like uh, I like you don't have to do anything. Like uh, you get a you get a letter from the tax office and they say you have to pay this money like you don't have to do that like you think oh i have to i have to pay this fine no you don't because you could just kill yourself you don't have you don't have to do it like you don't have to do anything and uh i know that sounds like a morbid message probably to a lot of people but to me i find it way easier when i let things build up to realize that all we are it's just like just that little fucking tiny thing that I can't even show you yeah. over Skype. And I know that sounds a bit like, you know, sentimental and a bit like whatever, but I think I think it's a good mark 
for myself and also I no think, I, think, I like the design too yeah i agree i i like the design and i i i appreciate the way that you've described it's meaning for you i think that that's the sign of a probably a lasting tattoo so good for you yeah i think i think it was it was it was it was well thought out and i didn't feel like it was uh, some teenage uh, rebellious thing you didn't write mom and then regret it uh, no, but I think that might be next week. Oh, good. Yeah. Tat Um, I have one other quick segment that I want to get to, but we're already at an hour, so I don't know whether it's worth it, whether we should save it for the next week. Float it. Because it's kind uh-huh. of interesting. Float it. It's about the, um, the marshmallow experiment. Oh, I really want to. Come on, please. Okay. We'll do a quick one. And that means we're in science news. Play the jingle. It's that time. Time for science news. Hydrogen. Jupiter. Hoverboard. And we're back from the jingle. Everyone's loving the jingle. Is there any way I can get science news as my ringtone? You can absolutely do that. How? Could, Wait, can you do that yeah. on iPhone? I thought you just yeah. get what you're keeping on the iPhone. No, no, you can put a ringtone in. That's easy. I'll show you. you I'll, Katie, please. I'll give you a link, yeah. Yes. And then ring um, me because <laughs> I'm long. Okay, that I will Sorry. not do. Sorry. Um, science news jingle. Uh, so, the marshmallow experiment. This was mm. uh, the famous test. We've talked about it previously. It's the idea. Many times. Many times. It's a good old psychological uh, uh, mainstay, um, a piece of social science, which is you put a marshmallow in front of a kid, tell them they can have a second one if they can wait 15 minutes without eating the first one, and then you leave the room. And basically, if they're patient, they double their payout. They get two marshmallows. Otherwise, you can eat it then, and you don't get any more, and you just get the one marshmallow. So it's supposedly a signal of future success, the ability to have the wheel willpower to, you know, delay instant gratification and all this kind of thing. But The Atlantic this week reported on a new study which has basically thrown the whole thing out and said that they've restaged the classic test. It was, you know, done by this uh, in the 60s by um, a psychologist at Stanford and basically suggested that they completely biased their interpretation of that original thing and what? They'd, they'd studied fewer than 90 kids in the original one and they were all enrolled on stanford campus pre preschool right so they're all um well off you know the well-off um families and intelligent families and so they restaged it they did it with more than 900 kids they did it more representative of general population with race ethnicity parents education and home incomes and basically uh, decided that the ability to delay gratification was primarily based on uh, class and on income and prosperity and not on any sort of cognitive, cognitive ability or future thing. Fuck. And basically the idea was that if you are a kid growing up in a low socioeconomic class where the potential of, um, uh, like, limits on the amount of food you might have or the amount of uh, sweets and treats and stuff you might get could be limited due to your parents' financial income or availability, Um, they will 
not risk the chance that any future thing might come and just eat the marshmallow straight away. Because for them, it is, it, it, it's more valuable to have the treat now. And they've experienced or understand that some things promised in the future might not come. Whereas if you're from a well-off family background who have never had that kind of risk associated with it, they will happily wait that 15 minutes because if they don't get a marshmallow now, well, mum will get me ice cream on the way home or something like that. So that, it was a complete misunderstanding of the meaning and outcome of the marshmallow test. Nick, that, this is the best science news. I've, this is my favourite science news. That is, it's, a, that is pretty fascinating. That's amazing. Yeah. Have they, sorry, do you know off the top of your head if the psychologist who conducted the initial test is still alive? I don't know. And has sorry. commented on it? I don't know. I'm what? sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of pride, like you'd, you'd want to kind of, like his first instinct surely would be to defend his results. But then if you were a true psychologist or a true scientist, you'd be open you'd be to. Happy for it. Yeah. Like, oh, I interpret, we interpreted this wrong. Oh, yeah. man, that's, that's, and, and it makes perfect sense. Yeah. That's the it's, other thing. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's for, for those kids who were from lower income households and things, self-control couldn't overcome economic and social disadvantages. Um, so daily life holds fewer guarantees. There might be food in the pantry, but there might not be. So there's a risk that comes with waiting. And even if their parents promise to buy more certain food, sometimes that gets broken out of financial necessity. Whereas anyone that's from a better educated background, they can ease, more easily delay gratification because experience tells them, well, your parents typically have food in the pantry and there's financial stability. And even if you eat the one marshmallow and they don't get a second, you, you can probably rely on wow. your parents feeding you later. Yeah. Man, that makes, that makes a, a lot of sense. And the fact that yeah. there are all kids taken from what, was it Stanford, Stanford Kindergarten? Yeah. 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 Jesus, man, um, that's well that's done, really cool, Nick. Eh? Good, yeah, good work. Good bit of science news. Good so. work on the science news, and we get to hear the jingle, which is always good. Oh, if you've enjoyed this kind of thing, well, great news. Ninety-three other episodes to pick from, and some of them have been quite good. Uh, if you want to <laughs> be part of the show, well, there are so many ways. You could go to facebook.com forward slash deep foot. You can go to twitter.com slash deep foot. You can send emails with your questions, your comments, your thoughts of jobs that have no link to ancestral animal behavior. Deepfoot at gmail.com. And uh, if you're on the old iTunes buying uh, Game Night, the great Jason Bateman comedy now available for rent and purchase on iTunes. That was a great there, movie. It's a great fucking movie. Great it's a movie. very funny, enjoyable... Have you been watching new uh, Arrested Development? Yes, I have, but we'll get to we'll do that as the outro. Okay. Um, head to iTunes and rate us five stars because that's the way that we succeed in life. It's all we have left. Oh, <laughs> Arrested Development. I've watched, I've watched four episodes. Yeah. I had, I have you, what are your too. feels about it? And, and I well, don't mean even in the content of the show, but I just mean in, in the context of Jeffrey Tambor Jeff having Tambor, been yeah. accused of, well, and theoretically <clears throat> there being evidence of real shitty behavior. Yeah. So um, a couple of things about Arrested Development. So, yeah, you, the first thing is that um, the last season, season four, was such a scrambled thing. And I know, they, I know they were trying to go for something a bit beyond maybe what audience 
audiences could handle in terms of editing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm one of those people, to be honest. Like, I, I, I didn't watch it. I think they, when they edited it in that way for season four, they assumed that everyone or people were going to just be giving it their undivided attention. And I'm just afraid that that's not how people watch television shows. So it's very hard to keep track of lineage and um, yeah. kind of stuff like that. So I'm glad I've been rewatching the, uh, what are they calling it? The Fateful Consequences. The Fateful fourth Consequences. season remix. It's which I also such... rewatched before the fifth season because I forgot basically everything yeah. that happened in that season that's as well. E- Nick, that's exactly what I did, and it's been it's been such a much more of a memorable and enjoyable yeah. experience watching it like that. It, yeah. That's what it should be. I'm it's not, it's I'm not... an interesting testament to the power of editing. It is exactly. literally the the jokes that they were able to get from it. The uh, even the kind of sense of. Uh, uh, the 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 implication of connectivity between the storylines by juxtaposition, even yeah. if none of those story strands actually overlap at all, but yeah. merely being like, while this person was doing this, this person was doing that, all of a sudden it feels like the world is bigger and more connected, even yeah, yeah. if those two people don't even speak together. It's it's quite an interesting. It like, was, I yeah. can't think of any other show ever that has gone back and be like, hey, we put this thing out, you didn't like it. Okay, let me give it a second crack. Re-release, uh, uh, uh. yeah, re-release their like you get director's cuts, kind <laughs> of, but they tend to be extended, not completely structurally rebuilt. Exactly, and I, you know what, like I, I, more power to them for to for for going for that initially. Yeah. And look, I I would never hold that against uh, a creator of a con of of a show that good. And and that was the other thing that struck me about rewatching season four and. And watching season five now, it's just like, man, this is one of the the best written shows I reckon I've ever seen. Uh, the, yeah. the the characters are just incredible, and um, yeah, so I reckon it's great that they went for it. Yeah. Uh, for me, it didn't work. I think for a lot of people, it didn't work. But yeah. then then remixing your own content, um, uh, I thought that was fucking amazing. And uh, yeah, I and okay, yeah. So the other thing was that the, you sent me that Jeffrey Tambor thing. As much as I and, and before before we get onto that, just sorry, just I'll on. just cut you off one thing, and I'll just say that um, while we're talking about the the merits of the content, I have so far enjoyed season five at or well probably better than season four, yeah, and definitely. sort of approaching the original yeah. flavor yeah. a little bit as well. Totally agree. Um, but sorry, yeah, but totally just agree. wanted to put that out there. Yeah, you you sent me a video. Uh, <laughs> someone tweeted, "Do you want to do you want to package that?" Uh, are you referring to the interview um, yes. that they did? Yes. So, uh, Jeffrey Tambor was on so what Transparent. Did, what, did get, what did he get accused of, by the way? In, was... in Transparent, he got accused of physically, like, assaulting someone, like, coming up and throwing him against the wall or whatever, and some, like, sexual... Was it sexual? Because like, exp... <sighs> if it... Because it does matter, as much as I hate okay. to say it, but... Because if he's just, like, an angry kind of dude that's kind of aggressive, like, I think of him way differently than if he's, like, sexually kind of got the sexual undertone to his aggression yeah yeah but yeah I, I i see what you say but at the same time it i feel like there's still a line in any kind of behavior and once you cross that line then you still you still cross the line regardless of whether it like veers left to violence or right to sexual exposure or you know like once you hit a certain level of inappropriateness it's yes kind but of... i think there's a, well i don't know 
because I think if he's if he's if it's sexual in nature, then that's predatory, and that I think that yeah. But if he's physically assaulting someone, that's predatory as well. But I, to be I, maybe this is bad, but I think uh, physically assaulting and physical aggression is not enough for me to hate the guy. Jesus, <laughs> and like, well, if he what, physically what? beats up a woman, but okay, 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 okay. hold on. Nick, this is a great. Uh, he's a great artist. Now, I'm not excusing his behaviour. Terrible, terrible. You shouldn't. You should never be doing that. And it's no excuse for good art. Bad behaviour is never an excuse for good art. But I don't know. There's something in my brain that doesn't equate them quite on the same level. Yeah, but that's probably an aspect of the masculine privilege versus how it feels from a women's perspective. Because guys, is, guys is that can not be a valid kind of, thing though. Guys can be kind of like aggressive to each other. So in your mind, a sense of aggression is, is already like less prominent, but the whole point is he was doing it to women and to women aggression from the men is pretty fucking terrifying. Well, yeah, of course I didn't know he was doing it to women. Yeah. Yeah. No, it wasn't to guys. It was to women. Oh, okay. Sorry. I was just thinking of my dad. (laughs) What? (laughs) Okay, before we dive down that too That's much. literally what I was, I was just like, yeah, like a bit um, of like rough and tumble with, yeah, with between men is fine. No, it's not between men, it was to women. Okay. Right, um, sorry. <laughs> so, yeah, so he, he got fired from Transparent, um, and then he was already underway with Arrested Development, because it happened between seasons of Transparent, so he was already mm. contracted filming... For Arrested Development when that happened. I was surprised that Netflix so quickly yeah. or readily promoted or without like, there. or yeah. tried to like throw it under people like, you know. Well, well, because here's the thing that we didn't quite get to, which was that um, apparently on the set of the fifth season of Arrested Development, he fucking lost his mind at Jessica Walter, who is just like the best. Jessica Walter is just the best. Okay, in everything okay. she does, right? Yes. She's like did, a sorry. Who is she? Nick? She's the mum. She's the mum. Yeah. She's she's the mum. She's also um, she's on Archer. She's she's been in everything for uh, decades, right? Sixty years of of American TV goddess. Um, and anyhow, uh, Jeffrey Tambor went off at her, and uh, so then they did an interview for I think Variety, um, where. She was there, Tambor was there, Bateman, uh, Hale, David Cross, and Alia Shawkat were all in this kind of group interview in advance of Arrested Development. And there was a very uncomfortable moment when uh, it basically came up in conversation. And Jessica Walter broke down into tears talking about the abuse that he'd given to her, verbal abuse on the set of this thing, which was unlike anything she'd ever experienced and how she just realized that she had to forgive him in that moment on the interview. And Tambor had apologized. Um, but the other male cast members there kind of spoke up for him rather than respecting or acknowledging her. And Nick. it was it was quickly something that they um, walked back and apologized for. But that was so. That was did the they do that? Yeah. So they all followed so, up the next day and said that they'd um, they didn't mean that, to speak over is, or demean her. 
response. Whatever, whatever a public apology is essentially means nothing that they get. It essentially means nothing because you know that's just a PR move. So, uh, I mean, I wouldn't even... With that, I don't know about that. I mean, I think that okay, so I, I think if there's outrage with... about your behaviour, then there is still the potential that it might make you re-examine what you did and how you approached the situation. Is it, you, they're not completely in a bubble. What was your What was your issue precisely with Jason Bateman? Okay, you said just before that um, the men, some of the men, including Jason Bateman, didn't. Uh, instead of res- you said instead of <coughs> respecting her, instead of li- listening to her, and also be- uh, uh, admonishing him for his bad behaviour, so they never said that what he did was wrong. Right, right. But, um, um, they jumped into his defence and said there'd be no show without him, and um, he'd have to be part of it. Which, if you're a woman working in the industry who's been abused by someone, is the exact example of the kind of support networks and, and stuff that hid, you know, Weinstein for years, right? And that kind of behaviour which is can kind of be got away with if it's part of a guy's process. And they said stuff like, oh, you know, everyone everyone works in different ways and that kind of stuff. But it sounded it's, like this guy excusing, just fucking lost his behavior. fucking mind. Yeah. I mean, what's, what's the best thing to say? I mean, in that scenario where, like... What was her name? Sorry, Jessica Walter. Jessica Walter. It's a weird that an, like an older old, older woman's name is Jessica. Seems like a younger woman. Um, is it better? I mean, it's such tricky territory, man. Like, it's. I mean, I don't. I'm I'm less inclined than you. I think to jump to. Okay, just condemn, 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 fire. And detached. I, I didn't. I didn't say necessarily that um, he needs to be fired. Obviously, none of us has the evidence. No one was there on the on the set to have actually seen the behaviour. So we're dealing with the secondhand sources here, but we're also clearly having. Uh, and, and this is again, it's why, it's, as you say, it was such a strange PR move to send these group of people around for promotional. Um, interviews in advance of Arrested Development, knowing that Jeffrey Tambor was fired in the climate that we're currently in. So who um, was he fired from Arrested Development? No, he was fired from Transparent. Transparent. Oh, okay. Um, so he was fired as, and, you know, accused of abuse. And then picked up and, you know, worked worked through Arrested Development and is now on a promotional tour. So there was no way that this wasn't going to come up at some point. So it's just, it seems like a strange choice to me. So has um, there been any any anything from Jessica Walter and Jeffrey Tambor? I mean, if presumably they're on the same press tour, like yeah. As long if wait if they work their own shit out though, like like what's the issue? Is it just because the of the example that they're setting? Uh, if they've worked shit out, it well it's. I mean, I I'm guess, presuming that they have, but I don't know. Maybe yeah, maybe. but at the same time, it's potentially an an unequal power balance like if if your entire cast is sticking by the other guy yes, and you feel nick, like you're nick, part of the nick, thing okay come on okay that's that's what i take issue with like so you're you're saying that they're that you're saying you're you're making it sound as if that bateman and whatever were on his side he, now, they were <laughs> they weren't they, they weren't, were nick. no 
They weren't, Nick. It's not like they were... Read their like... fucking words. They were. I they... listened to it. I listened to it. It's not... You're, you're making it sound as if they're, they're on, you know, his, his, completely his side. Look, I'm not, I'm not denying the fact that they're trying to find excuses for a guy who maybe shouldn't have excuses found That means him. they're on his side. No, it doesn't, Nick. If you're finding you're redu- excuses no, for re- someone, no, you're, you're, re- you're sim- supporting them. You're simplifying it, Nick, too much. They're try- Obviously, Bateman is trying to find a balance. I mean, it's not like he's dismissing her claims of abuse. He he's, did. He's, <laughs> that he's was the to- whole point. <laughs> he's trying to downplay it. He's trying now. to downplay it. But he's not saying you're, you know, you're making this up or anything like that. No, but it's, it's like, it's I know bit... that he's done this. He's probably done it with Bateman. He, like, he did. By the, you, you are downplaying it by not, <laughs> by thinking of excuses, by saying, oh, some people's part of their process to scream sure. at people. That's, that's downplaying inappropriate behavior. No, but that's no what one I'm saying. He is downplaying. Doing that. I'm saying he is downplaying it. Exactly. But I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, but I'm saying like he's not, he's not necessarily complicit because of that. He's 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 taking like a a kind I'm of. I'm not saying that he committed diplomatic abuse. approach to things. Like he's trying to he's trying to downplay Tambor and and try to you know coddle the other side as well. Like he's trying. I he's don't trying think to... that's true. I'm I'm not. Wait, compl- do you, are I'm you not painting conflating... him to be some villain? You're painting him to be some villain, and like I'm not. I'm not painting him as complicit in Tambor's abuse, but I'm saying that he did uh, make the mistake of excusing that behaviour rather than giving Walter the uh, uh, opportunity to, A, in that interview, say what her feelings were, and B, to uh, he didn't admonish that behaviour. But Nick, you're basing this off 90 seconds of audio, like, like I'm not. Come I'm on. basing it off like multiple paragraphs of the transcription before and after the audio as well. I th- okay. Well, I haven't look. I haven't seen that, but um, I linked. That was what I linked you was the article. Well, obviously, I'm only going to listen to the thing that's right in front of me and it's on autoplay. But um, like, even even still, it's still taken out of context and. Like, do you honestly it's think it's not taken out of context? Yes, it is, Nick. Of course, it is. Why? I mean, but but Nick, how is it out of context? It was literal transcription. I can already hear the narrative that you're running from me when I'm saying these. But things. you're not you're, speaking you're thinking to that the I'm... reality of what the, what the situation was. You just said you haven't read the article. I am. I, I I am. Okay. Yeah. Fine. I haven't. I haven't read the article. No, I admit that. But I think, like, what I'm what I'm imagining here. In an, I'm trying to imagine a, a real-world scenario where this is happening and it's not 90 seconds of audio and it's... Okay, so how much is, how long is the transcript that I haven't read? Uh, I don't know. Uh, 3,000 words or something? Yeah, it's, it's oh, long. It's beefy. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe I should shut my mouth there until I've read that. Uh, I'm not saying that in an interview situation like that, I understand how... It's fucking awkward to be asked about the elephant in the room. And I understand how someone might have the inclination to be like, oh, you know, try, try and play it off as 
as we're all a family and we have these fights just to get out of the awkward situation. But the way that he did it was wrong. And the, the behavior that all... And I'm not just blaming Bateman on that as well because Cross and Hale also jumped in and they all spoke over Jessica Walter and Alia Shawkat, um, the two women who were speaking And what did they that. say? What, what a... Cr- well, say? Jessica Walker was in tears about the thing, and Ali okay. Shawkat was saying that the behaviour was never appropriate. Okay, and what um, did David Cross say? What, what side look, was he I on? I, I'm not going to... Well, can you just read get, the thing, okay? okay. They were all well, basically you, jumping in saying it. They were okay, all so, on Tambor's side. All the men all the were on Tambor's side, and they all spoke over the women, mm-hmm. right? And so they, they were saying everyone has their processes... Um, some people, you know, families get in fights. We've known each other for 15 years. I wouldn't do this show without him. He's like an icon to me. Blah, 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 right? I get how in a social situation like that where you're doing an interview, um, how there is a, an inclination to to make the problem go away, which means you, you play it off a little bit, you, you pretend everything's happy, happy, even if there's awkwardness, because for right. that purpose, when you're in the PR mode, you have to get rid of it. I understand that. Yeah. But at the same time, the way that they treated that in this era, the way that the men responded to that question was dumb. It was wrong. There was no statement of, of acknowledging that what Tambo had done was bad and uh, reinforced the fact that men will come to the defense of other men in those situations at the expense of the women who have been victimized. I'm not equating them as having done the bad thing that Tambor did, but the way that they treated that situation and responded to it, and the fact that they have subsequently acknowledged and spoken out about that interview subsequently, um, I think reinforces the fact that it was a mistake. It was definitely, definitely a mistake, and it's, and it's clearly part of Tambor's character. Um, and yeah, what I was saying before, it's like I, after you sent it to me, I de- I certainly tried to put that to one side, as you and I have both talked about before about Louis C.K. and I guess Woody Allen, maybe people that Casey Affleck and stuff that people that we genuinely love, and there is my. There is a there is a gut uh, repulsion to hearing bad things about things about good things that you love, and do I want to believe the shit about Louis C.K. Fuck no, because I love what he make yeah you know, I love love what he puts out, and I love what all these other guys put out, and I do have a I do have a a distinct an aggressive reaction and it's a defensive one to these things. But I think, I think the other defense that the other defensive reaction that I have is the fact that is colloq. I mean, I know, I know it's kind of it when I'm, when I'm formulating this in my head, it kind of makes me think of when, Trump says a locker room talk and how how quickly I dismissed that as an excuse. Like, fuck you, not locker room Just talk. Just to be clear, do you think that Louis C.K. did the things that he was accused of? Of course he did. Of course he did. Okay, yeah, sorry. You just... Of course he did. 
Yeah. No, no, no. Uh, that's that's he's he's he definitely did it. Yeah. Um. Um. What I'm talking about is the wanting to still love the. I mean, because that's yeah. that's not his. I I felt like that's what you're getting at. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. You, you hadn't okay, said sorry. it explicitly, so sorry. I just wanted to give you the benefit of that. Yeah. Um. It was. I mean, that wasn't what had loved him for anyway. His his um his lack of um pervertedness wasn't what I loved him for it was but it does taint the character and when I watched Arrested Development I wanted to just want to you know focus on the narrative but seriously every time Tambor came up I was just like you scumbag like that was in my head so my head and it I is couldn't enjoy yeah. it couldn't enjoy it in the same way that I could the other stuff and then I you know what the, the worst the worst part about it for me was um <laughs> Uh, for me, was uh-huh. um, was the fact that every time it came up, I couldn't help but think, I can't, I can't believe Netflix let this let this go. And then I just all I'd think about was like back, like studio dealings between executives and stuff, <laughs> and it just completely like how much they were talking yeah. about what the fuck to do. Yeah, and like the PR and. Um, uh, that, yeah. that that just completely distracted me from the plot of the thing. So, um, I think Arrested yeah, Development it, for one one of those things. Like it's it's going to take a couple of viewings, but it yeah it is a, it's a phenomenal show, and I'm not gonna. Oh, uh, they could kill him off, and they, maybe they should. It'd be kind of funny. Yeah, it's interesting. I, this is totally well. It's not totally different, but God was. So fucking long in this episode again. I thought yeah, we Nick, weren't going to be another Peterson, but Nick, it's fine. Come um, on, can we just have like a long podcast, please? We know, did I, last time. <laughs> yeah, who, let, well, we're just getting okay, like yeah, Joe Rogan. I'm, I'm just, I, it was just an aside, but um, the uh, the thing that it would uh, I was thinking of the other day was, uh, did you ever watch much Silicon Valley? All of it up until. I'm I'm completely up to date. Completely up to date. One of my favorite shows. So you you've seen the season where there's no Ehrlich. Um, TJ Miller yeah. has left. I've seen. I'm all up to date. Yeah, I've seen the last episode. Cool. So um, TJ Miller left the show at the end of last year. Um, yeah. He had a brain tumor and then called in a bum hoax. That's where he's at currently. But I know um, that was the best. It, it, the best how in like ca- I, watching a car crash. Kind of, but also how he. I was. I'm. I'm following him on Instagram. I saw that come up on my thing on a few news articles. T. Uh, comedian T. J. Miller foams in bomb scare gets arrested, and then I'm just watching him on his Instagram while I'm reading things, flicking back and forth. He's acting as if nothing's happened. I thought it was hilarious. Um. So he uh, he left that show, and the way that they uh, wrote him off was. Because well, they kind of expected him to be back, and then they came to the idea that they were he was not going to come back for the next year, and the character was in China and was left in an opium den, and <laughs> then <laughs> this year on the show, the entire arc is everyone expects that he's dead. The um, like the court system gives away all his property. Yeah, um, his really? Chinese housemate um, burns a pig to get his ashes to, uh, <laughs> like, it's just literally just shitting over the death of this character, which is hilarious. 
Um, and it's a very funny way to do it. But I find it uh, difficult to picture Arrested Development, which is not quite as acid, yeah. pulling off the same kind of move with a family member. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, Michael, don't... Look behind you! 